Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 45 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am glad that you're listening. Got a couple of stories that I wanted to dive into today before I get to the tips this week in the abbreviated schedule, in both in the number of games as well as in the number of days that it's going to take to play those games. First off, I think we can all agree that along with the uh, the Giants, the, the Bombers have been one of the most difficult teams to figure out this year. A ton of talent, but you never knew what team you were going to get from one week to the next. And I guess you could throw the Ds in there as well, although the Ds have, in many ways have righted the ship a little bit. But I have to tell you, you know, it didn't look like things were going to change during the first half of uh, round 14 either because the Hawks blew out to a massive lead. And then something strange happened. A six foot seven young man with a bushy mustache and knee high socks reminded himself that he's one of the best key forwards in the game and took it over. And that was, of course, Joe Danaher. And Joe Danaher, Danaher helped to bring the Bombers back from a 30-point deficit to win that game. And wasn't it fantastic to see him back out there? There was all of the talk about him leaving the club last offseason, and it didn't happen. If I'm not mistaken, he, there was talk about him going to Sydney. And maybe that still happens this year. But he has battled through some serious injuries. He's got himself healthy. He went out there playing in a game without having played a scratch match at all. He had just competed in practice. And maybe it just took him that while, that, that, that amount of time to knock the rust off of himself and realize, you know what? I'm a pretty damn good player. And I need to, I need to start showing that. So it was terrific to see him back out there. He had three goals, three behinds. He had 10 marks, 14 disposals for the game. I don't know about you, but again, I'm not a Bombers supporter, but it was fantastic to see him to see him back out there. And if you're a Bombers supporter, you have to be excited. If you're a footy fan, you've got to be thrilled to see him back out there because you want to see Joe Danaher hopefully being able to compete in the way that he's competed in the past, being able to get airborne to, to take the speckies that he t- has taken during his career. Now, will his his groin injury allow him to, to leap as high as he had leaped in the past? I don't know. I certainly hope so, but I, I have no idea. But that sure looked like the Joe Danaher of old this past weekend, and that was fantastic to see. So glad that he's back out there, and uh, that was one heck of a win. That was one heck of a comeback. One of the best comebacks I'd ever seen until the one that happened the next day. And, uh, yeah, while I mentioned, you know, the Bombers come back here, you know, uh, it was impressive. But when you think about it, look at what happened to the Cats the other day. Now, I, you know, I I traded a couple little notes online with with Frode from Stray Drug Footy Podcast about the game. He's a huge Bulldogs fan. And it was a great game. And I'm I'm not somebody that's that that gloats about games. I'm not somebody that's going to get online and say, "Oh, look, my team thrashed your team." I'm, I'm not. It's not my style. I'm not going to do that. 
partly because I'm a, a Cleveland sports fan. And if you're here in the States, you know what that means. That Well, pretty much most of my teams that I support have stunk for quite some time. There have been a couple of exceptions, however, but the Cleveland Browns have been awful for a long time, and more often than not, the Cavaliers have not been great. And the Indians, well, they haven't won a World Series. They haven't won a championship since my mom was six, and she's going to be in her late 70s in a couple of months. So we haven't had a whole lot to cheer for here, although the Cavs did win the championship a couple of years ago. But I got to work on Friday morning, and again, I'm 14 hours behind Melbourne, so I, I get to school at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, the game started here at 5.50 a.m., and it took me a while to get the uh, the uh, the game to sync with the Apple TV box that's in my classroom. So I was trying to get it playing on my phone and then sending it up to the television screen so I could watch it there as I'm preparing my classroom for the day. It was my last day of preparation before we had students come back to school today. So we didn't have anything to do other than working on things in our classroom. So I don't have to be there until 7.30. So I had an hour and a half worth of time to watch the game. And I finished the game there as well. But as I'm getting the game situated and turned on, it popped up on the screen for a second. And I, I wanted it to start back at the beginning. So I, I didn't know where the game had had been at that point. So I didn't know what was going on in the first quarter of the game until the screen popped on and I saw the score in the bottom left-hand corner and it said Western Bulldogs 26, Geelong Cats 1. And I'm thinking to myself, just turn the darn thing off. This is this is over already. Well, I didn't do that. I got the, uh, the video adjusted so I was able to back it off to the start of the game, watched it from the opening bounce. I had to figure out how the heck did they get the to have 26 points halfway through the first quarter. What was going on that allowed that to happen? And the uh, you know, the Cats were just absolutely sloppy with the ball, and the Bulldogs were deadly. They got it close. They put it between the sticks. It was it was an onslaught that, that I didn't think the Cats were going to recover from. In fact, you know, if you watched the game, you saw that by early in the second quarter, they were down 40-3. to three. Now, raise your hand if you thought the Cats were going to come back and win that game, having been down 37 points. For the record, my hands are firmly gripping the corners of my desk. My hands didn't go up. I didn't think they had a snowball's chance in Hades of winning that game. But I'll tell you what, it was thrilling to watch them fight back. I didn't think they were going to still, I still didn't think they were going to win it, even into the fourth quarter. But it was great to see them battling back. It, it, trust me, I am thrilled. I'm ecstatic that they won the game. But the fact that they battled back and got to the point where they were in position to win it, to me, was was huge. I mean, I, that's the kind of thing that, that, that the Cats have maybe lacked in some instances in the last few years because they've gotten, to the, they've gotten close to being able to play in the grand final, they've gotten close, you know, and they've fallen short. You know, last year they were the minor premiers and they fell short. You know, they went out in straight sets. I think they lost two games in a row, if I'm not mistaken. They lost to the Pies and I think to the Tigers. Or did they beat the Eagles in between there? I think they might have beaten the Eagles in between. But they, you know, they lost to the, the Tigers as well before the uh, the grand final. And, and, you know, you can you could argue 
one way or the other, whether or not Tom Hawkins' elbow that he threw. Yeah, they did. They did beat the Eagles because that was when uh, Hawkins was suspended for that game. You know, they had Hawkins kept his elbows to himself. Do they beat the Tigers last year? I don't know. Maybe. I can't say that with any kind of certainty. I'm not going to sit here and pound the desk and say absolutely they would have won. I think their chances probably would have been better had he played. But that was a decision that was made, and we had to move on from there. But this comeback on Friday morning or Friday evening was was one for the ages. I think they said that this was the biggest comeback from a first-quarter deficit of that size since I believe they said 1931. If I heard correctly during the broadcast, 1931. So that's 69, that's 89 years ago. I mean, it, it was improbable. And you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that it happened. Okay, don't get me wrong. And I, I, I'm so glad that Geelong won. You know, I, I, I think the Bulldogs are a fantastic club. But the Cats just, you know, in the second half, they just wanted it more. I mean, you had, uh, you know, you had a seven, seven different players score goals during the game. So it wasn't all relying on uh, on Tom Hawkins. I think he kicked two goals. Brian Myers did as well. Gary Rowan, you know, with that, that fantastic, you know, game-clinching goal at the end, if you will. And I think, you know, you might see that uh, that embrace, you know, where Luke Dahlhaus jumped into his arms after that, that goal was scored. That's probably going to show up in, uh, in video clips 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now. You know, if this turns out to be a successful year for the Cats, which, you know, again, knock on wood, I'm certainly hoping so. But that was an impressive comeback. And uh, what's really surprising is that by the time that game was wrapping up, several of my uh, my coworkers, the other teachers that, that work in the same hallway as I do, they were there in their classrooms. And I know I was not quiet. But not a single one of them came over to see what I was hooting and hollering about. I think they had an idea already because I, I talk footy all the time. I don't know if that necessarily annoys them or not. But And, you know, just on a quick side note, you know, while it hasn't become official yet where the, uh, the grand final is going to be played, they've kind of alluded to the fact that it's going to be a nighttime grand final. So it sounds like it's going to be a 7 p.m. start on the East coast in, in Australia, which to me is fantastic because that's a 5 a.m. start on Saturday morning, the 24th. So I've already told a couple people that, you know, you know, you're more than, you know, you're, you've got an open invitation to come over and watch the grand final, whomever is playing it. Now, again, I, you know who I hope is playing in it, but uh, we'll see if that happens, but whoever's playing, it's going to be great to be able to watch that at that point in time. Cause that's typically when, you know, I would, uh, be getting up in the morning anyway because I'm not much of a late sleeper. So we had two great comebacks this weekend. It was it was wonderful to see. I uh, um, I I was just excited about it. And just as I was finishing putting the the finishing touches on this uh, episode, I got an email from uh, somebody who's on my mailing list, a gentleman by the name of Jim Longo, and he was commenting about the staging that I had talked about in the last episode. And he had suggested that maybe the league, and I'm, he was joking about this, but I thought it was rather funny. He was saying that maybe the league should, uh, if it's determined that somebody was staging, which is basically acting, that maybe they have that player who is, uh, you know, what's the right word, convicted of it or found that they did do it, that maybe they're forced to take acting lessons for the entire week 
before their next game and not allowed to participate in any kind of team activities. They're not allowed to train or anything like that, that they have to take acting lessons. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, again, that's not necessarily a realistic thing, but it was pretty humorous. Um, so I thought I would go ahead and pass that along because love getting feedback from people listening. And I, and I thought that was hilarious. So I figured I'd share it. And I wanted to you know get into one sad story, if you will, before I, I dive into my tips for this week. And that's, uh, that's the story of, uh, that just broke today when I got home from school and sat down and started reading some, uh, some news online. Uh, the story about, uh, Danny Frawley that broke today that confirmed what maybe some people had suspected, um, that it was announced just in the last couple of days, or maybe even yesterday that, uh, his, his widow, Anita confirmed that uh, you know the uh, the beloved saint and former co-host of Bounce uh, was suffering from stage two CTE when he died, and in con- to contrast that, Polly Farmer had been diagnosed with you know when well, not diagnosed but identified after his passing as having stage three CTE, which they said you know kind of helped to uh, manifest itself in his dementia as he had when he got older. Now Danny Frawley's widow Anita stated in the article and I've posted the the link to the article in the uh, show notes stated that as his, as his wife for over 30 years I strongly suspected there was more going on with Danny than straightforward depression. I'm very grateful for the work of the Australian Sports Brain Bank in shining a light on this disease. We want to prevent it other families from going through what we did. Now, while Spud was a big advocate for mental health issues, he talked about it a lot. He's one of the reasons why in my show notes every week I I have the numbers there for both Australia and the United States. You know, if you need to talk to somebody, if there's a mental health thing that you need to talk about, those numbers are in my show notes. Go find them. Reach out to somebody. Talk to somebody. There are people there to help. You know, I battled depression about 20 years ago. I, uh, well, almost 19 years ago. Um, 9-11 occurred. And within like three weeks of 9-11 having occurred, my father passed away unexpectedly. And the latter part of 2001 into 2002 was just a very difficult time for me. I did take uh, some medication for for my depression. My wife still says that I still am depressed, um, which I can't say that I necessarily disagree with her because... I tend to be maudlin about things quite frequently. You know, you, you know, you tend to to laugh things up and you know put on that that game face. And I I am not equating myself to Danny Frawley here, but that's that's what Spud did. He always put on that, at least what we saw in the public, that persona of the 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 fun loving, happy go lucky guy who was always the you know, ready to be the brunt of the jokes on bounce. And again, that's the frame of reference that I have. I've seen video clips of him as a player, but what I knew him from was watching bounce. So I, it's, you know, looking back at some of those episodes, it's easy to, to, to see where it was in many cases, I don't want to say obvious, but evident that, that, that he was hurting inside. And, you know, like I said, if you have issues, if you need to talk to somebody, those numbers are in my show notes. Reach out. Find somebody to talk to. We're, we're in hellaciously difficult times right now, folks, whether it be, you know, the fact, you know, that we're 
yeah, we're we're wearing masks everywhere we go, or you're being told you're not allowed to go more than five kilometers away from your home, depending on where you're living. These are difficult times, and and we've got to to look out for each other here. So you know, don't be afraid to to reach out to that friend. To, you know, even if you think that they're going to be fine, you know what? They may want to hear from you, even if it's just a you know a a, a message on Twitter or on Facebook, or you you shoot them a text message. That at least lets them know you're thinking about them. You know, don't be afraid to do that. You know, so it's uh, it's it's very sad news about Danny Frawley, but I don't think many of us are surprised by what has been announced. And supposedly there are some other things that are going to be coming out after you know that are going to be released from the autopsy that was conducted after he passed. But those things have not been released yet, so there's no speculating going to be happening here at all now. You know, evidently he had suffered from a number of concussions during his his time as a player. And and those of you who are longtime Saints fans or have been watching the game for, you know, decades, you could probably seek back in your memory and remember instances where he got his bell rung, so to speak. So, you know, look out for one another. You know, and, and if you have not had a chance, and probably many of you here in the U.S. have seen this, but... I don't know how how widely spread this film was in Australia, but I encourage you to take a look at uh, the Will Smith film called Concussion. I highly recommend it, and it's uh, it's a it's the story of how this uh, pathologist in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he was a gentleman was from, I believe Nigeria, so he he didn't know anything about the NFL or American football. He was a pathologist. He worked to try to find, to try to identify the cause of death in individuals, you know, who were in his morgue. And he he is the person who is in many cases credited with discovering and identifying CTE in NFL players and was one of the first to publish medical data on this this malady because again, there's no way to test for it or identify it. While the patient is living, you can, you know, you can have the, the characteristics of it or the symptoms of it, but you, you, you can't say specifically that, yes, this person does in fact have it. So if you get a chance to see the movie Concussion, it's a great Will Smith film. You know, he's, it's not an action film at all. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's very much a drama and what this doctor endured to try to bring this issue to light is is very revealing and you know so i i highly recommend it and, and you know spud footy fans we all miss you we'll never forget the laughs we'll never forget the memories of you playing and you know even in in your passing you're helping people by having this this malady identified in you and maybe helping to figure out a way to prevent it bless you sir bless your family and and it's you know it's a very it's like I said it's very sad, but it's it's great to to see that uh, that we kind of got confirmation of what many of us had suspected. So you know I, those are really the three stories I wanted to get into this week. I know that I'll have an episode a little bit later this week. I probably will only give you my tips for round sixteen there because we're gonna have a three or four day turnaround here. So I don't I'll be honest I don't know how many of the games I'm gonna be able to watch this week because of this quick turnaround. So we shall see. I do plan on watching the, uh, the Adelaide game tomorrow morning when I get to work, however. 
But I wanted to dive into my tips for this week, not like they actually matter. Um, because in round 14, I got three games right. <laughs> so, again, if you're listening to me on these and you're taking my advice, stop already, okay? I mean, the only ga- you know the only games I got, I got the Port Adelaide game right, okay? That was that was a pretty significant victory. But the other two that I got right were the Bombers and the Cats. And heck, they were both down by 30 points or almost and almost 40 points into the second quarter. So theoretically, had, had Hawthorne and, and Western been able to, to hang on, I would have gotten just one out of eight right for this week. So I, again, I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen, but I don't have a clue, okay? So <laughs> let's just get into that. So here we go. The first game this week, which is uh, going to be happening in about 12 hours, which is why I'm wanting to get this episode out. And I've got I've got the Crows getting their first win of the year. I've got Adelaide beating Hawthorne by eight points. And I think this is where the Crows are going to get their first win of the season. Hawthorne, I think, was devastated by the loss last week. They've been in a bit of a free fall already. Uh, even though They played a good first half against the Bombers, but the Bombers just came back and and... And, and hammered them in the second half. And they've not figured out a way to get a, a win in the last four rounds. And and yeah, sure, on paper, they should beat Adelaide. But if you watched the Crows' last game before their bye week, when they played the Cats, and I saw somebody mention this in one of the, um, or maybe I heard it in a podcast, but they said that had you watched that game and you didn't know which team was 8-4 and four at the time and which team was 0-12 at the time, you probably would have guessed wrong because in the first half of that game, Adelaide took it to the Cats. They really did. They played some of the most inspired footy I'd seen all year by anybody. Those young men are playing for for Coach Nick. So I, I think that bodes well for them in the future once they start bringing in some younger talent and getting that list built back up. So I think this is the week where they've had a week off. There's, I, you know, I, I think this is an opportunity for them to get their first win. It's probably their last opportunity for them to get their first win because I think they've got some tough contests coming up the rest of the way. So I think that the uh, that the Crows get their first win this week and uh, get the four points. Sure, they're still going to be getting the wooden spoon, but at least they're going to have something tasty on that wooden spoon now, and that's going to be four points. So I'm going with Adelaide in the first game this round. Now the second game this round. You might argue that this is the uh, you know one of the games of the week, um, and that's West Coast and Essendon, and I've got the Eagles winning this one by 11 points, and you know the Eagles are definitely premiership contenders. They they uh, they struggled last week against the Tigers, but they are still a a top four top five team. I think they're going to be there before it's all said and done, and you know the Bombers they're. They're going to be playing with a great deal of confidence. They've got Joe Danaher back. He's going to be named to play again this week, so two weeks in a row. Dyson Heppel's going to be back playing his first game since round two, coming back pr- pretty quickly from his broken ankle. And, you know, while the Bombers played really inspired footy in that second that second half of their game last week, I think the Eagles are, at this point in time, too talented a club. And they, you know, well, Essendon absolutely has to win every game the rest of the way to have a shot at finals. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think that the Eagles are going to take this game by about 11 points. And uh, I think they're going to be thrilled to have their captain back in the lineup. I think that they're going to be you know, using this time to figure out whether or not 
Joe Danaher wants to remain a member of this club going into 2021. Because, you know, and I think we talked about this earlier in the episode, you know, there was talk early on about Danaher going to Sydney last year, if I'm not mistaken. Is he going to want to to still make a move out of the hangar after this year? Or is he going to want to stay with the Bombers? This is, if nothing else, it's it's a, a, a sell job to try to convince Joe Danaher to stay with the club, or maybe they decide, maybe they're going to decide that they want to move on from him anyways. I have no idea what, what management of the club is going to be thinking. So maybe they're going to decide, you know what, we're going to go ahead and deal him anyway. So he doesn't become a distraction again, but they sure as hell played a lot better with him in the, in the uh, 18 last week. So I think in the long run, it's probably going to be beneficial to them to have him, you know, donning a sash, going into next year. So this is an opportunity for them to sell him on coming back. So I still don't think it's enough for them to beat the Eagles though. Richmond and Fremantle and Fremantle. I told you I was going to pick you last week. I apologize. I did tip you last week and it didn't work out. Well, I'm going with Richmond this week and I've got Richmond beating Fremantle by 15 points. And let's be honest, folks, we we're watching it's like watching a rerun and, you know, a, a, a television episode that you've seen countless times. You know, I, uh, I tend to, to find myself, uh, gravitating towards a, a television program. Let's just say, for example, uh, maybe, uh, my wife tells me that I watch the, the TV show mash all the time. I haven't watched an episode of mash in probably two years, but that's okay. I used to, you know, whenever it was on, I would always gravitate towards it and the TV would, would end up going towards, you know, the mash 4077 and I, and I go ahead and see it. But Richmond is doing that exact, exact same thing to us. It's a rerun. They're doing what they've done the last three years. They're peaking at the right time. They're getting healthy. They're making that March towards the finals. Now, will they get there this year? Like they did last year. And in 2017, I don't know. But they sure look like they're going in that direction. And they've got a lot of talent on that club. And they're getting healthy. And they ought to scare everybody who's hoping for a shot at winning the premiership. They worry me as a cat supporter. And I know we still have to play them, I believe, in round 17. I think we play them the second to last game of the season. Come, yeah, I think coming off of a... Uh, a five, they get a, they think they have an eight-day eight day break and the cats have a five-day break, so... It's almost like, you know, playing in a, uh, if the MCG was a calendar, that's kind of working out for the, the Tigers pretty well there, but I've got Richmond winning this one by 15, you know, Fremantle, they stumbled against the Giants. They've played some solid footy all year long. They've been one of the better defensive clubs all year long, throttling teams offenses and and keeping the scores low in games. I I just don't know if they're going to have enough to be able to do that to the Tigers. I think the Tigers are too strong of a club. So I've got the Tigers winning this one by 15. Then we've got Melbourne and Sydney. And I've got the D's winning this one by 14 points. And, and let's be honest, the D's have to keep winning. Okay? They're, you know, they're in the eighth position right now. And you've got a lot of teams that are looking to displace them and knock them out of that spot. Okay? So they have to keep winning. And you know the Swans have, have played some solid football in many in many games this year, but 
I think that the D's are going to get this done because they're in a must-win situation in order to stay in the, in the top eight, and and I think they're going to take this one by a little bit more than two goals. Just you know, I don't think Sydney has enough firepower to, to defeat them, and you know I think I think the D's are going to take this one. Now GWS and Carlton, and yeah, you know Carlton has kind of been the uh, you know the happy story for a lot of people this year. They they started to turn things around a little bit. Things have begun to look positive. And then last week, the wheels fell off against the Pies. And they didn't score a goal in the second half. And the Giants, well, they, they proved me wrong because, you know, that's just what happens to me because I'm really good at allowing that to happen. Uh, when they, they thrashed the Dockers and, you know, got themselves into the Knights position, looking up at eight, hoping the Ds will stumble. And, you know, this is a must win for both teams. If the, if the Blues want to have any shot at making finals, they've got to pretty much win out. And, and basically, same thing with GWS. You know, because GWS, yes, while they're they're a uh, they're basically, I think, even with the uh, the D's, their percentage is ten points lower than the D's. So I, I think that this is going to be a game that that GWS takes because they're a talented club. I don't know how healthy Patrick Cripps is going to be because he banged up his knee the other day. Uh, you know, I know he came back into the game, but he didn't look all that effective after he came back in. So we'll see what happens. But I've got GWS winning this one by eight points, and I think that you know the game of the round. You know, well the the uh, the the Essendon West Coast game could arguably be the game of the round. I think the game of the round is going to be Brisbane and Collingwood, and I think this is going to be a close one. And I've got Brisbane winning this one by four points. And you know, well the Pies are getting healthier as we move towards the end of the season, and who knows, they may get healthy at just the right time and 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 scare the heck out of folks before this is all said and done. You know, the Lions are coming off of a bye week. They've got a very small injury list. And I've, I've got the Lions taking this one by less than a goal. However, if they did not fix their their goal-kicking issues while they were on their bye week, I think the Pies could still win this. And that's why I've got this one so close. Only a four-point difference here. So I think the Pies lose this one by four. But if Brisbane struggles to kick goals or to kick more behinds, of course, I think the Pies will take this one. But I'm going to go with Brisbane, you know, off the uh, off the start here. So you got six clubs with uh, bye weeks this week. Gold Coast, Port Adelaide, Western, Geelong, North Melbourne, and St. Kilda are all on byes. And it, it in many ways, it kind of, kind of hardly counts as a bye week because this, this round begins on Tuesday and ends on Friday, and round 16 begins on Saturday. So we've got a very quick turnaround. And those are my tips for the week. Again, please don't take my advice. This is, you know, for hopefully entertainment purposes. And hopefully, you'll, you know, like I said, as evidenced by last week, you don't want to bet the farm on my picks. I've never, I've never placed an actual bet on anything in my life. So I'm just doing this for fun. Um, before I want to go, I, I ran into something on Twitter this morning and I thought was rather funny. And I wanted to just, uh, maybe somebody could, uh, shoot me a message and explain this one to me. Uh, you might have seen the, the video clip online of the uh, the three-year-old child in Taiwan that got caught up in the tail of a kite and was whisked off dozens of feet in the air, flapping around at the tail of this long kite. And uh, Nearly Meadows posted a uh, a link to it with the term Hooli Dooly, which I had never seen before. That was a colloquialism that was completely new to me. So 
Does anybody have any background on that one in terms of where that one came from? I, I, I sent her a note back saying it was, uh, it was kind of like, you know, the, the holy moly or the holy mackerel that we have here in the U.S., but I'd never heard hooly dooly before. So if anybody has any insight on what, where that one came from or what it means, I'd love to hear it from you. Um, so hopefully narrowly will respond and, you know, no, I, I, I doubt she's listening, but, uh, if you haven't listened to her podcast, ordinarily speaking, I highly recommend that one. Wow. What a power podcast. And I, I've only listened to the, the footy players on there, but she's interviewing people that are playing netball and cricket and that sort of thing. And just, you know, the Adam Terlor story on there was just absolutely fascinating. And I know I talked about her podcast on an earlier episode several months ago, but if you've not had a chance to, to do so, I strongly encourage you. And speaking of podcasts, I did want to reach out. You know, I owe an email to this young man, but uh, Harper uh, from the Where Do We Begin podcast, I haven't forgotten about trying to link up with you guys and, and getting you onto my podcast and coming onto yours. Um, school has started back up. I've gotten a little bit swamped. I've been a bit of a podcast procrastinator. I've been doing more and more things related to my podcast during my, my final weeks before I had to go back to school. And I'm now kind of playing catch up with that and having to do some of the things to get my classroom and to get my classes ready to go uh, that I normally wouldn't do. Because, for example, I'm recording this at uh, 7.15 on Monday evening here in Ohio. So it's uh, 33. It's already about uh, 9 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday in Australia. So I'm trying to get this out for the drive home. So you you want to listen to my tips on your drive home on Tuesday. You know, that's what I'm trying to get done here. So... Gentlemen, I ha- yeah, I know you're doing this with your partner. I haven't forgotten about you yet. I, I will get back to you on your email. I'd love to get you on the podcast. It may not happen until after finals occur because, again, I'm working as a public address announcer as well. I uh, had four games that I did on Saturday. I did two football games and two soccer games. So it was a very busy Saturday. And Sunday I pretty much spent in a vegetative state. Uh, so those are my tips for the week. And, ladies and gents, you know, don't forget if you want to sign up for the mailing list, so that you get each new episode delivered to you first. There's a link in the uh, show notes. There's a short little form, you know, for your email. What club do you support? You know, where do you live? That sort of thing. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to come knocking on your door or anything like that. Uh, unless I come for, you know, once COVID is done, and I come for a visit. I may, I may t- want to turn your house into a B and B. I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. Um, but if you'd love to sign up for that, I, I would greatly appreciate it. I think I'm up around 25 people that have signed up so far. Yeah, if you've got an idea for a show topic or somebody you think I should talk to, uh, please shoot me a note, shoot me a DM, send me an email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you as far as that goes. Uh, it would be, it, you know, I've got some, some great ideas. I have several um, topics and irons in the fire that I'm, I'm looking to, to put together. I've, I've been reading up on one of the topics that I addressed earlier in this episode for a, a, a full kind of an expose episode. I haven't, I haven't recorded it yet. I'm still writing it again. I've, you know, I've been procrastinating doing other things, watching the games as well. That's kind of, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about the games if you don't watch them. So some of those will probably start to come once the season wraps up and we're in that downtime going up into the draft and then leading into the, uh, the AFLW and then the AFL season. So I truly appreciate all of you that are listening. You know, don't forget that you can find all the episodes for this podcast at a yank on the footy 
www.podbean.com and you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. I'm hoping you'll consider giving me a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, let me know what you think. You know, if I've earned a five star, that's great. I would love it. I would I would love your honesty telling me what you what you really think and what I could do better. Um, you can reach me at yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter. As also also on uh, Facebook and Instagram at yank on the footy. I want to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of two pieces of his music. I'm using backplate and elevation. You can reach him at josephmcdade.com slash music. I appreciate your hard work, sir. You can also find his music on Spotify. He's got some great stuff on Spotify. And uh, I'm hoping you'll consider to, you know, sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Shoot them a link. You know, copy the link in your in a text message and send it off to them and say, hey, you might find this entertaining or you need something to laugh at. Listen to this guy. I don't know how you I don't know what your approach to it would be, but hopefully hopefully you're finding it interesting and entertaining. So, you know, those of you who are listening in here in the US, we've got all six games in this round that are gonna be broadcast here. All you know, so the entire round is gonna be on TV here. Uh round sixteen, they've already announced that seven of the eight games will be broadcast here as well. So over the next two weeks we've got thirteen games of footy coming up. So if you haven't watched yet, you owe it to yourself to check out this game. And and don't forget that, you know, um, Australian rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. Okay? So, you know, keep, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is a game we all love. We love our teams. We're fans of our clubs. But we love this game. And we want to see this game be successful. And hopefully in the next coming days we'll know where the grand final is going to be played. Again, ladies and gents, I appreciate you listening. And checking out the podcast. I hope you'll share it with your friends and your family. And I should let you know I have reached out to one of my students actually, who is uh, looking at doing some some graphics work for me. So I'm hoping in the next uh, couple of months um, to have like some T-shirts and things of that nature available or stickers. If you are you know interested in in you know representing the podcast i i'm i'll get one for myself because sure i want to wear i want to wear my own podcast shirt on there but hopefully some of you would be interested in in wearing that sort of thing but uh it's a very talented artist that i had as a student last year who's a senior in high school this year and they said they would be interested in uh in helping out and i i sent them an email yesterday about what i was hoping to do and hopefully it's not going to overwhelm them too much but uh i i'm looking forward to doing that and getting that information out there and, and sharing that with you but uh, this has been a lot of fun doing this, and I'm, I'm still having fun, even though I'm busier than I, than I normally have been while I've been doing the podcast. I'm really enjoying doing it. I'm, I'm enjoying interacting with those of you who reach out. I love getting the notes from you on Twitter, letting me know what you think. And again, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode number 45 of Yank on the Footy. 
Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at a yank on the footy. I hope you'll consider sharing the uh, podcast with your friends and family. I appreciate you listening. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.